Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues. Today's topic is how to be worthy of love. Let's do this. Hello, hello, friends. I'm Natasha Chandel. You're listening to Kinda Dating. If you liked today's episode, please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it and leave us a five, not four, a five. What's that number? A five star rating or review. Um, also, follow us on social media. We're at Kinda Dating across the board. I am at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. Aisha, sadly, has other things to do today. What the fuck, Aisha? How do you have other plans? How do you have a life? I'm kidding. We miss her. We love her. Um, follow her. She's also on social media at Aisha Says Dance. Okay. We have our favorite guest back. Um, she's Dr. Ares Humor. She's internationally sought out relationship counselor, author, and speaker. She's broken down the psychology on sex, love, breakups, divorce, and other human behaviors on everything from Dr. Drew on call, Nancy Grace, Extra, Kiss FM with Ryan Seacrest, and more. She was a star of Bravo TV's LA Shrinks and author of Breakup Emergency, A Guide to Transform Your Breakup into, into a Break through. And she's also the founder of Face It, a mental health counseling center that is online as well as um, in person. So hi, Dr. Eris. Hey there. Thanks for having me back. I love I know. It's been so long. (laughs) No, I really love it here. And Aisha, again, I'm going to say, I miss you. I know. I know. We really do. Um, so we're so in the last one you told us you're in a relationship. You've been married for 16 years. That shit is nuts because I can't handle somebody for a long weekend. Um, and I'm kidding. I'm I'm a little better now. Uh, you learned. So, so, you've grown. You've gotten past that. I I breathe now. I'm like, all right, it's okay. It's just one more day. Yeah. Um, we're talking about worthiness today which I have been wanting to talk about for a while uh, because of my own struggle with it, um, uh, which always surprises people. But, you know, whenever you have self-esteem issues, I think it comes down to that. And I think a lot of people feel this, especially with online dating, constantly getting or feeling rejected. Um, you know, the idea of kind of dating in the first place, I think also cut, sort of comes down to that. Um, so it was a very important topic for me to want to discuss with you. Um, so I'm going to ask you a bunch of fucking weird questions because I feel like maybe this is on a lot of people's heads because these are some of the things that were on my head um, or in my mind. So, you know, to jump in, some people feel almost like too worthy and some people don't feel it at all. Like I have, I, you know, I have a girlfriend who walks in a room and she is like, I'm sorry, like, why are you not looking at me? You know? And then there's me who's like a little bit quieter and I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I don't, you know, good. if somebody looks at me, I'm like, ah, weird. Um, where does that feeling of worthiness sort of come from? Okay. Well, first of all, let's go to the girlfriend who walks in a room and she's like, why aren't you looking at me? Is that like for real? Or is that a little bit of a shield? It's hard to tell, but she, you know, she's definitely somebody who's very, very, very confident. She likes to be the center of attention. Um, You know, if we go out, she likes to be the one that will throw out some moves. So people look at her and, and, uh, and in a way, I've always admired it. I'm like, man, she feels like, or if she goes on a date, you know, she's very like, oh no, you should have done this. Like this guy should have acted this way. And the fact that he didn't, it's like X. And I'm like, wow, like you're- Is she still single? Uh, she was actually married uh, for a long time. I, recently, they got, they got separated, but not not to do with her. Um, but 
Because a little bit, I mean, what, just of what you're saying, I, I want people to be very aware that being secure in yourself and having self-worth doesn't mean I need to be the center of attention all the time and look at me and why aren't you looking at me? That sounds a little bit of what we were talking about in yeah. another episode, if you haven't listened to it on attachment styles, a little bit of the avoidant person, you know, so I want you to look at me so... I don't have to share me kind of a thing, sort of, right? It's like yeah. a person who's a little bit more detached, whereas a person who has self-worth and is totally secure in themselves doesn't have to be on all the time. They have mm-hmm. a little bit more humility, which I see more in you. And, I, and we've shared long conversations over the years in this, and I, and I actually authentically do see this in you, is that you have a level of security because... Security comes with vulnerability. So security doesn't mean I'm perfect. Look at me. I have all the moves. Security comes with I'm able to share with you and be vulnerable that I have flaws and I'm human and I don't need to hide that. So that's Mm. what I see as security. You know, even with me as a therapist, I don't... And when I was in my 20s, I was a lot more like that where I was more of the person who walked in a room and pretended like I had all my shit together. You know, I had it all together because I didn't really want to show you that I had any flaws because that's what I was taught to do. Mm -hmm. That was the Mm -hmm. messaging that I got. We don't really show people our issues and our, and our insecurities or things that we don't see necessarily as strengths. And then I, as I got older, I, started to realize that the more I let my guard down and the more I allowed myself to show people that I was human, the more secure I actually was in myself. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does. So if you're vulnerable, it's, I mean, if you guys know Brene Brown's work, there's power in vulnerability. So it's not, I am, I got all my shit together. I'm strong. It's like, no, I'm a human being. And I know I'm human and I can have a little bit more humility. That to me is security. Mm. The other way is a cover up. I'm kind of glad you brought Brene Brown up. I was going to ask a little later, but um, is there sort of a tie to wor- the feeling of worthiness and, and being able to be vulnerable? A hundred percent. So I feel like when you are vulnerable you are showing the world that even though I have a shadow side or I have insecurities, that I'm just human and I'm still worthy of love. And the more I know about myself, the more I get to look within myself to evolve and grow, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a lifelong process, as I'm sure I've shared on all of your podcasts, is that we're, we're constantly you know, learning mode about who we are. So Mm -hmm. if you are in denial, then you don't have, then you, to me, you have like this fixed mindset where this is who I am versus, and this is just who I am. And, you know, I can pretend and put out there in the world, my persona versus if you have a growth mindset where I'm willing to look at myself and grow and, look at all the things that I can change within myself. I see insecurities or things that I'm vulnerable about as an opportunity for growth. I see that as having higher self-worth. So there's a Mm. power in vulnerability. Thank you all for listening to Kinda Dating. If you already subscribed, great. We love you. If you're not, get on it. Go to that podcast app on your phone, computer, whatever, and hit the button now so you can get your fix weekly. Side effects include laughing your ass off, sorting out your shit, and finding true love. Isn't that what we all want? So like, so why would one person come out like with what seemingly feels like too much worth and one come out and not feel worthy at all? Like, is that again, just back down to our childhood and is it kind of paired with our attachment style a bit? I mean, most definitely it is somewhat paired with your attachment style right? Whether you're anxious or securely attached and the different levels of the anxious attachment that we talked about in your other episode. 
Um, I also feel like, and we have also talked about your different communication styles with the process communication model, which is on mm. another episode. I'm plugging all your episodes. Yeah. The, there's so many levels to getting to know ourselves and the depth within this. So when yeah. you are in distress, you aren't able to get your psychological needs met. And when you aren't able to get your psychological needs met, your shadow, your shadow self, which we all have a shadow side, is amplified. So we're just showing all of our insecurities, which is our shadow side, because we aren't able to work on ourselves and acknowledge that within ourselves. So we're acting out unconsciously. So those are all of our insecurities. And so mm -hmm. if it comes from childhood that our parents didn't teach us our self-worth or they didn't teach us how to get our psychological needs met, and now we have people in our life, whether it's relationships in romance or friendships or work relationships, whatever it is, our insecurities are coming out and we're not able to face them. So, you know, that's why my company is called Face It, because once we're able to face it, face these things within ourselves, mm -hmm. our own insecurities, and we have that kind of mindset that we're ready to, then we can learn about ourselves and learn about our insecurities and then work through them. That's the key. But when we don't and we're acting out in our insecurities, then we're kind of in this distressful place of living, which is when we have anxiety and depression and these different mental health stressors going on. Yeah. I mean, it's in like this topic of worthiness has always been fascinating to me because a part of me is also asked myself like of somebody who who has admittedly goes like I'm constantly having to work on the the self-talk about my worthiness which again I know always surprises people but I often ask myself could I have just been born like this because I literally like I don't remember my parents ever doing anything specifically, but I do remember my earliest memories um, with them. And like, they would tell me too, like, I remember being seven years old, sitting at a pizza hut with my parents. It was a family dinner. And at the end I was like, thanks mom. Thank you so much for the dinner. And she was like, what the fuck are you thanking me for? And I was like, oh, I just, I feel like not, not every, you don't have to do this. You don't have to, to take us out and feed us. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. That, I'm a parent. Like that's what I'm supposed to do. And like, I've always been this like, oh my God, thank you so much for like the most simplest things. And it's almost like something I've been like, was I just fucking born like that? Like, no, I think just, that what you have shared on your podcast is the tumultuous relationship your parents have had. So that's going to put you yeah. in this kind of anxious space. Have you ever read Drama of the Gifted Child? No. Ooh, that's a good book for you to pick up next. Okay. Drum of the Gifted Child? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you, you're like the super aware little being. And your, your parents mini shrink, right? And so it causes a lot of conflict within and can lean towards the insecurity and not feeling self-worth. And, and I'm sure like as a kid, we don't have the emotional intelligence to really understand what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not born a certain way you are experiencing life in a certain way. And then you then internalize that and interpret that no matter, you know, depending on where you're at in your life. So mm -hmm. as a child, yes, a lot of self-worth is born from childhood, from your parents and from other caretakers and teachers in your life. So how you were shown a certain way of being and how you think about yourself. Now, parents can also mm -hmm. be the kind of parents who tell their kid how wonderful they are and you're beautiful and you're wonderful and all these things, but you can still be insecure maybe because a teacher told you you weren't enough or you weren't smart mm -hmm. enough or you'll never make it or to stop asking such stupid questions or whatever it was that that teacher has told you or another caretaker or a grandparent. And then you internalize that depending on who you are as a person. 
Mm. And then there's a whole nother layer, everyone, is that, you know what? Self-worth a lot of times just comes with age and experience. Mm. I can just say that from a person who, I mean, I'm 46 and in my- You don't look a day over 25. I look a day over 25. Really? Thanks. Gorgeous. Are you kidding me? Look at you. Um, 46 and my 40s have been so amazing. In mm-hmm. my own self-worth. It's through experience and time on the planet and knowing like, I know my shit <laughs> versus in my thirties, I thought I knew my shit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought I did and I did. I had to kind of push through it in a different way. And now it's yeah. like, I know my stuff. So I feel my self-worth And in your 20s, you don't feel it as much. You just don't. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to not be okay. You know? And And, and I think... I think with age, I mean, I hopefully people like that. That's what sort of has happened with me is I got tired of not feeling great. Like I got, I got, I got bored of it almost. I was like, all right, I'm done. Like I actually don't want to like live that life anymore. You know, at some point... Sometimes when you're younger, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like we always tell ourselves the sob story and like, we, we become that. Like, we're like, oh yeah, I am, you know, a jaded person. I am this, like I am, like we kind of identify with these weird labels, including that like, oh, I've gone through shit and, and that's why I am this way. And, and at some point, like you hit, sort of a brick wall and you're like, all right, okay, so shit happened. And like, now what? Like, I, I just don't want to spend the next this many years of my life feeling like that anymore. So like, what am I going to do? And like, that's, that's kind of what came through me with age, which, because, and this is going to lead to my next question of like, why does it feel sometimes so hard to get to this process of feeling worthy. Yeah. Well, it's it's a journey. And I think that's what makes life so rich. I don't see mm-hmm. problems as something to bring you down. I see problems, quote unquote, as an opportunity for growth. So the mm-hmm. antonym for victim is nobody's fool. Oh, yeah. So when you're in that victim mode, you you have a certain level of awareness at certain times in your life. As a child, you look to your caregivers as they are everything, no matter what kind of home you live in, abusive to healthy. They are your everything. You don't have the ability to take care of yourself. Now, some kids grow up way too young. They don't have the experience of a childhood. But our experience is our experience. And so Mm -hmm. we become that, what we internalize about ourselves through our life experiences. And that is, in many cases, unfortunate. You know, it's what was birthed of my degree and my career and, you know, my industry and psychology. However, I don't believe that you need to be in therapy forever and it needs to be like dragging you in dirt, you know, dirt and it's a horrible process. Like I see that you can see these things about yourself, your shadow, your insecurities, your feeling or feelings of or lack of self-worth as an mm-hmm. opportunity to reflect within yourself. So in my company face it when you're ready to look at yourself, when you're ready to learn and grow, I I call them like the four mindset shifts. So it's all about mindset, right? If you're in a negative mindset, in a fixed mindset, you're just going to continue to repeat and have these negative, this negative self-talk, right? That you're talking about, like my feeling, the negative self-talk and the lack of self-worth. I'm going to stay there because that's who I am. I'm insecure. I'm not worthy of love. This girl that you were talking about has so much more self-worth because she wants everyone to look at her. I feel a lack thereof of Mm self-worth about myself. That means I'm staying in this fixed mindset. Well, when I'm ready to say, okay, I get it. (laughs) 
Like I get that I come from a toxic childhood. I get that my parents did this. I get that my parents did that. Okay, I understand my behaviors now. Now what am I going to do about it? Like mm-hmm. how can I grow through this experience to become that person that I really want to become? Right? That's how I look at it. Like I still look at that way. Like I still have things within myself that I need to learn and grow and evolve so I can really become that person that I want to become, right? But I've got like decades of experience in this work now, right? So the four mindset shifts that can tell you that you're ready to do this work is the first one is to be true, true, true to yourself, know yourself, get ready to take a real look at yourself in the mirror and face it. Face whatever it is that you're going through, whatever those stories about yourself that you're telling yourself, whatever those life experiences that you've had, get ready to face it. Be honest Mm -hmm. with yourself. Mm -hmm. I say it's okay to not be okay. 100%. And I mean, to piggyback off that, when I first started therapy, and this is what like, I always encourage people to go to therapy, but I do tell them, I said, the, the first beginning bit can be overwhelming because it is the first time you're literally looking at stuff that you've probably repressed for so long. Or like when shit came up for me, I was like, huh, I don't even remember this. And like, it was like reliving it. But I always tell people I'm like a short-term pain for long-term gain. Cause like when I came out of it, Uh I was like, whew, like now I can talk about any of that, think about it and not go back. Yes. Right. So you have to see all of our anxiety and depression or PTSD or whatever we're experiencing with mental health issues or concerns on whatever level that is, it's avoidance. We've suppressed all of these memories or experiences that we've had. And so we're acting out on them because we're avoiding facing them. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, and, and in therapy, it usually does get uncomfortable before it gets better. It has to. And you'll have yeah. different moments in that as you get older, you know, like right now I'm facing some uncomfortable things within myself that have always been there that I've always been aware of, but I still get to say, oh, okay, I see this now on a totally different level. Thanks for the lessons. You know, now I can face it and work through it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Right. That's forever. Very true. So yeah. then you say, okay. So it's okay for me not to be okay. It's also Mm -hmm. okay for me just to be okay. You know, it's like, I'm okay or I'm not okay. It's okay. You just have to accept wherever you are, right? Mm -hmm. Once you have accepted wherever you are and you've taken a true look at yourself in the mirror, then you've given yourself an opportunity for growth, right? So then the next step is push, right? Now I have to have the willingness to push myself forward. Mm. I have to have the willingness to do the work that it takes to learn and grow and evolve. I have to face these things within myself and push myself Mm. through it because it's super fucking uncomfortable, guys. It just is. But guess what? It's more uncomfortable if you suppress it and you live in feelings of discomfort. Right. Really true. Yep. Really true. And, and I think, I think what you're saying may, I mean, I haven't heard the other two yet. So, but this, this, I feel like is one of the big reasons people have such a hard time of breaking the pattern of feeling unworthy is because this pushing through part is really difficult. Yeah. It's like the breaking old habits. Yeah. yeah. Well, then there, we did three, we have one more. So yes, the pushing through it, but first is face it. Be honest with yourself. That's so uncomfortable. That's the most uncomfortable. I don't know. For me, it's the most uncomfortable because I have to be vulnerable at the shit that I've suppressed Mm -hmm. for so long and avoided. And the reason why, and me avoiding it then manifests in anxiety and it manifests in toxic relationships or behaviors Mm -hmm. and patterns within my relationships, right? And then... Mm -hmm okay is the next one. So it's okay to not be okay. I'm accepting it, right? I'm accepting these things about myself. The next one is push. Now I got to push through it. And then the final state is the final stage of the four mindset shifts to know I'm ready to face it and work through it is word. I'm going to give myself my word. I'm going to commit to myself. 
So how do I commit to myself? I'm going to do the work on myself. I'm going to commit. I'm going to take 30 minutes a day to work on myself. Mm -hmm. I'm committing to me because I have to, to be in a better state of mind. If I'm committing to getting in shape, I have to commit to a good diet. I have to commit to working out, you know, and if I'm going to commit to having a better job, I have, I show up to work for 14 hours a day right? I'm committing to, you know, showing up, getting an education, doing all the things I need to do. So let's commit to our mental health and our mental state of being and just work on yourself, read a book, um, get in group where people around you are working on the same things, get a therapist, get a coach, whatever it is to work through your mental health staff. One thing that really helped me a lot, I would say in like last year and a half, um, which I, I believe has really changed my approach and honestly just almost changed my life, um, was like, I had so much negative self-talk about my worth and, uh, an exercise Joanne gave me. And then I sort of put it on crack, which was, uh, you know, I literally like, she told me like, write down, um, all your negative thoughts about yourself. And, and Again, I upped it of like, okay, I'm just going to write as much as pot, like however, however many pages it goes. I think it came to like, honestly, like two pages of just any, any thought I had, like, I look fat. People don't really like me. I'm not really funny, you know, whatever, like anything I had. And then she said, and then write on another piece of paper, the complete opposite thought. And so I went through the two pages, rewrote the complete opposite thought. So like, people do like me. I am really funny. I whatever. And then she was like, scrap the negatives and every morning and night read these thoughts back to yourself. And she goes, you know, you're going to feel super weird and almost stupid. Like you're going to feel like this is silly to do in the first bit but eventually you're going to start believing it. And it took me longer, I admit, than, you know, she'd said like 60 days is like, you'll, it'll take you to sort of change your thought process. It took me a bit longer. I literally felt stupid saying these things to myself, but I did it morning, night, morning, night, morning, night. It took me like, you know, two minutes going through this whole thing of these fucking two page lists I wrote. And But it was strange because then like a couple months later, like three, four months later, I noticed that when I had a negative thought, I I actually was like, man, I'm fucking funny. Like I actually said it to myself. And then I started noticing like, oh shit. Like I actually am starting to believe those things. And now I try not to say as much of the the negative stuff it can still come up in certain areas for sure but like so there's it really helped me change my worth and then the way i was talking to people even as a performer like the way i was auditioning changed like i felt like oh yeah no i deserve to be here like i did the work yeah you committed and you also committed to yourself to do the work and knowing that you are yeah. not your thoughts You are not your thoughts. You are Natasha. You are this person and you want to be funny. You know, you're funny. So like work on how you can reflect on the truth of how you want to see yourself because you are all of these, you know, these things right on a deeper level. So, um, yeah, I mean, those cognitive behavioral tools, there's so much power in them. Yeah. And I, I feel like for listeners, like that's a, that's a really, it was a cool exercise for me. And at the very least, it'll help you look at like, oh shit, I think all these crazy things about myself, like things that, you know, I mean, I don't even remember them now. Thank God I've like put them away, but you know, it was two pages of shit. And I'm like, who can come up with two pages? But if you're really honest with like, how do I really, really feel? you will look at it and be like, Oh my God, I'm not that nice to myself. Yeah. I have this tool that I have my clients do, which is called mind dump. So I have, you wake up every, it's born from Julia Cameron's, the artist way. Did you ever do the artist way? Oh, you haven't heard of the artist way. 
Yeah. Changed my life. I actually went right, did it when I was started doing it. Well, the first time I did, I think I was 23 years old when I was super insecure in who I was and I didn't know where I was going in this world or what I was going to be doing or anything like that. And I was, you know, people were like, do the artist way. And the artist way was one of the first books of self-awareness that I did. And it was mind blowing. And um, I worked through what she called the morning pages and I've evolved it and changed it into my own version, which is called the mind dump which is every single morning when you wake up, you just dump your mind. Because a lot of times when we wake up in the morning is when our negative thoughts are really there, right? And you just dump your mind of that. You allow all of those unconscious thoughts to come out and you put them down on paper. Super powerful Mm. way of doing, right? And just like dumping your mind and then um, keep doing that. And then putting also that tool that Joanne gave you, which is... What's the opposite of that? And who am I? And how do I want to be seen? And how do I get there? You know, and working it through allowing, you know, it through your unconscious world becoming conscious and then building a bridge from your unconscious to your conscious. So, yeah, you're right though. Like getting it out of your mind is such a big um, part of it. Just because sometimes, like, we just live in here. And sometimes if it's just somewhere else, you can let it go. I don't know why that is. I mean, I guess I'm sure it's like energy can neither be created nor destroyed, merely transferred from one state to another. But like, it, it is really magical when you just get out of your head and just write that shit down. And then you're like, oh, fuck this. Our negative behaviors come from our unconscious world. Mm. They're in our being and we've avoided it. And so when we avoid it, it comes out in all of these negative patterns and beliefs because we mm-hmm. haven't decided to face it. So when we put it down on paper and you allow the stream of consciousness to come out, you know, it's like when you just like let yourself write two pages, you know, over and over, mm-hmm. you know, all these negative thoughts, just write, 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 write. You allow that unconscious world to become conscious. And then once it's conscious, you can either avoid it and live in the victim or you can address it and face it and take power of nobody's fool, take power mm-hmm. of yourself and see how you can become better through that process. So writing is a way of healing. Yeah, that's uh, really true. I, so if people are not facing this unconscious part of themselves and you know, bringing it back to dating, like what are some behaviors that, that people would find themselves doing if they are sort of not feeling worthy or not facing this unconscious kind of thing? Like to me, you know, one of the things was just choosing, choosing wrong people, like choosing people that were not available and, and some just not even good people. Um, accepting abuse was something I had become very comfortable with, you know? Um, like, and those are extremes, but like, what are more like things people do when they're kind of not feeling worthy in their dating lives? Well, you know, it's back to those different attachment styles that we talked about in that other episode of yours, right? So you're super anxious and it sounds like it's just when I'm anxious, when I have an anxious, insecure self, then I attract all the toxic relationships and behaviors and I look through a lens of fear of not Mm. being worthy. I'm not good enough. So then you attract whatever it is that you swore you would never attract in your life, whatever that looks like, whether it's um, verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, addictive, um, unavailable, relationship with those people is like a big thing what did you like setting boundaries with those people like or with anybody unable to set boundaries in life Mm -hmm. right and so and you know like just because you have all of these things and these behaviors I mean I know people that are healthy and aware and still have difficulty setting boundaries because they're people pleasing you know they don't want to let anybody else down right? They harmonize harmonizers, harmonizer distress. Yeah. That's what I phase. Yeah. 
Yeah. You don't want to let other people down. So then you have difficulty setting boundaries and boundaries are very difficult to set for anybody. They're difficult for me to set, but I need to set them, but don't set boundaries that you don't intend to carry out because then when you don't carry them out, then you feel even worse about yourself. Yeah. And I think that's like really important again in this dating world where, you know, you have app culture and so many of my friends, like they are, they want something serious, but then they're fucking with, fucking around with some guy that they openly are like, oh, he's a fuck boy. I don't want, you know, I'm I'm not going to be with him. He makes me feel like shit. And I'm like, so why are you, what, what are you doing? Like, no, get out. Or just like matching with people who don't talk to you the way you want to be spoken to, or, you know, girls get very upset about guys sending them dick pics and just talking about sex and whatever. And I'm like, say you, you don't want it. Like say you don't want that behavior. And and that's difficult because I know that feeling of like coming from wanting to be loved, wanting to be liked, wanting to be in a relationship, wanting just wanting, you know, um, I think that from, from the outside, yeah. what you should get on. The yeah. Outside. That's the key. I think that what you're saying is that you really have to look at why that would even be okay. You know, mm-hmm. are you afraid that nobody else, what is your fear? I have people also do fear inventories, especially oh. after a breakup of, you know, you're holding on to this toxic relationship because of what, what are the real fears, right? I'm afraid that nobody's going to love me again. I'm going to afraid, I'm afraid I'm never going to find somebody else like that again. I'm afraid I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. Um, I'm afraid I won't be able to support myself. Whatever those fears mm-hmm. are that you're holding on to, write them down because you're looking at you're looking at life through a lens of anxiousness and fear mm-hmm. versus love. We all need a little more love in our lives, more self love. Self love. Yeah. Um, what kind of so, so we talked about some things that people do in relationships if they're not feeling worthy, but what's, again, like, let's do that same exercise. What's the converse of that? Like what, what are behaviors that you see secure people who are, who feel good about themselves and don't have this sort of negative self-image? I'm sure we all do to some degree, but are more secure? Like what kind of behaviors do you see them making in relationships? So when we go through challenging times, it doesn't have to be an extreme, you know, it's something healthy. We can work through this. We got this. I understand. I'm just having a really hard time right now. I need my space. I need to be able to say those things, to say those things so that I can take care of myself I mm-hmm. have to love myself before I love anybody else. Period. Mm-hmm. I cannot love my spouse more than I love myself. Mm-hmm. I have to love myself and put myself first before my child, even. Yeah, you do. Because yeah. I have to show him who I want him to be in this world. And in order for him to become that person, I have to love myself and work on myself. You know, and so we're just humans. Humans are a trip, man. Humans are complex. <laughs> you know, we, we are, are just complex. I like what you said, though, that like even the people who are secure, it's not like they're not going through things. It's just it doesn't have to be this extreme. And it, could, it can be like, you know, with a little bit of awareness like they can say say what's on their mind and not feel worried about the outcome. They can, so again, like setting boundaries, like not accepting bad behavior exactly. from somebody else. Exactly. If that's what it is. Like, exactly. like being able okay. to walk away. Like, I love you. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you hear these footsteps in the background, but my six-year-old just ran in. Oh, no, all good. And I'm like, I'm hearing doors open and close. Slam <laughs> shut. <laughs> All good. This is, you know, we're very candid. We're real, real raw on this podcast. Yeah. This is good. Um, yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, um, 
set bound, you know, what, what was the question? He just threw me off. We were just saying like, uh, like the, the people who are in secure relation, it's not like they're not going through things. It's that they- Yeah, no, absolutely. So I can set boundaries and say, look, this behavior, like I love you, but this behavior isn't going to work for me. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. either you're going to face this within yourself and go on your journey of facing it and we can be in a healthy space or I have to take care of myself. So what mm-hmm. is that taking care of myself going to look? Is it going to look like we're going to have to end our relationship? I have to really mean that if I say that. Mm-hmm. Or does it look like I'm going to continue the toxic cycle because I still have things to work on within myself? Do I mm-hmm. still have things that are keeping me here? Yeah, I... Um... You know, even for me, like one bigger change I noticed as I grew older and did a lot of that self-work was like when bad relationships came up, like I was okay to walk away. And I I just knew, I started telling myself like, oh, you're going to be okay. And like, that was a big mental shift of like knowing that like, oh, I didn't actually just have to stay in it to stay in it and, and to, you know that unconscious wanting to be loved um, where I was like, Oh no, I love myself more. And like, this is totally good. And I don't, I actually like never hated anybody, even my ex who I lived with and he cheated on me and whatever. And I still didn't hate him. I was like, Oh no, it's fine. Like God bless you. I hope you find whatever you're looking for and your peace. And I'm going to go over here because I want something different now. And um God bless. Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that takes strength and courage to do that. And work. I think like, and that, that's the thing is like, this is like you said, you keep saying it's like a constant process yeah. through your life of like working on yourself. Yeah. I have a couple questions. So, so this is like some Q and a from some people who've messaged us. Um, and you know, again, about worthiness. So how, how do you walk away when someone isn't valuing you? You walk away when you value yourself enough. Mm. So you have to value yourself. So it looks like what you were saying, where you're sitting there and you're working with Joanne, your therapist, and you are taking care of yourself. You're being honest, right? So these four mindset shifts that we were talking about, you have to be true with yourself for wherever you're at. You have to accept for it to realize that it's not okay then you have to push through the discomfort, you know, and say, okay, this is where I want to go. So if this relationship isn't going to serve me and they don't value me, then why am I wasting my time? (laughs) If they were, you know, sometimes we're in a relationship in a not healthy cycle when somebody really does love us and they really aren't, you know, totally healthy, but they're willing to work on themselves. There's a difference Mm -hmm. between somebody, you know, working on themselves and not working on themselves. Somebody by saying, this is just who I am and I'm not going to, you know, treat you nicely or I want to treat you like nicely. I'm working on it. Like, I love you. Like I really do. Not the cycle of violence kind of like remorse, but like truthfully working on themselves, you know, and then you have to give yourself your word and commit to work on yourself and push, you know, work through it and Mm -hmm. learn like where, what kind of person do I ultimately want to be with? And does this person currently hold these qualities, mirror these qualities to me? If Mm -hmm. they don't, don't date their potential, date who they are. Big one, right? Yeah. Date who they are, be with who they are and be honest about it. Yeah. Um, two more questions. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to this. How do you feel worthy when you're constantly being ghosted on apps or not getting matches? It's so hard. It's so hard. I'm thinking of one of my clients who has a really hard time with that in his twenties and especially now with coronavirus and no, like living back at home, you know, because that's where I am and, you know, and not matching with anybody and not being able to go out and about. It's really hard. I use that time as a moment of, do I have the willingness to work on myself? 
and love myself mm-hmm. and show myself self-love and go through the discomfort of what that might not, what that looks like to get outside of myself. And some people hopefully can find that willingness within themselves to do that work because it's, I don't know, that dating app world is hard with all the rejection out there. You know, all I can say is I'm sorry. It's just hard. I mean, something that I uh, came to understand for myself when I was going, you know, going through that kind of stuff is like, what helped me was knowing if somebody, if I were ghosted, that it probably had nothing to do with me because I tried to remember the times that I've ghosted people. And when I ghosted them, it really had nothing to do with them. It was that I was either being avoidant and didn't want to deal, or I was, it, it was like whatever I was going through. Maybe there was somebody else that was more interesting to me at the time. And, and again, because I'm avoidant, I just focus my energy there. Like it rarely had to do with the other person. So I always try to remind people like, don't make, don't internalize that as your self-worth because it's usually the, the ghoster right. who's the problem. Like, and for sure, yeah. knowing that it's not about your self-worth, also acknowledging that it's hard. And then also know, you Ooh. know, and then also, cause it's hard to say, you have to acknowledge the suck and it, you know, you have to acknowledge the suck. And then also just know it's all about timing Relationships mm, are really one, about yeah. timing. Yeah. Because sometimes like, and this is a this is a weird thing with apps too, right? Like people are like, oh, somebody didn't message me. But really on an app, I try to be, to remind people to be really realistic. Like you're matching with multiple people at the same time. Then you have a, like maybe 15 minutes in your day. So you're answering a couple people and then you've gone on with your day and then you come back and then maybe one person conversation progress further, but you're farther down the ladder because they've started talking to somebody else. And like, it's just, it is exactly what you said. It's timing. It's not like somebody's maliciously trying to ignore you. Most of the time they're just, other shit came up. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so last question for you. You don't want to be with anybody Uh, who's not meant, you're not meant to be with like that just prolongs the process of you ultimately being with the person you're going to be with. But that takes those feelings of self-worth that really takes that knowing that I am worthy of love. Yeah. Um, and so this is the last one though. I think you sort of, you sort of touched on it in the beginning. Um, I'm scared. Uh, I'm scared to say I'm worthy, but hold on. What is this? I'm scared. Oh, I'm scared if I say I'm worthy that I'm being arrogant. Yeah. What's the balance? Right. No. So I don't think that taking time for yourself and feeling self-worth is selfish. I think it's mm-hmm. self-full. I like that. Yeah, so, yeah. so being, knowing your self-worth, it's not coming, if it's not coming from a cockiness. Now, if it's a cockiness, that's just, you're avoidant. You know, mm-hmm. you're not allowing intimacy in your life. You're putting your persona out. But if you truly know that you ha- you're like worthy of love and you have self-worth and you care about yourself and you know what you bring to the table, and you know you have a lot to offer, that is a really secure person. You know, no, like yeah. I know that I have a lot to bring to the table. You know, I know that about myself, but I also know that there are things that I'm not perfect at and that I mm-hmm. need to, you know, grow within myself or face within myself always. You know, so it's yeah. not that I'm perfect if I feel that way. It's just that I'm self-aware. Which is great. I think that's helpful to people to be like somebody, even somebody like you is constantly working on themselves and growing. Yeah. So we all have, a, it's a process. Yes. Um, Dr. Ayers, thank you so much for helping Ew. us work through this. I have the best time. Every time I come on your show, it's super Yay. fun. It is. We love having you. You're literally our favorite. Oh, thank you. I hope you um, So that. Dr. Ayers, how, oh. How can people find um, you, your websites, um, all your stuff? Yeah, so you can go to my company. It's heyfaceit.com. 
or that social is at Hey Face It on all the platforms. And then my personal one is Dr. Eris spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-S.com. And then social is at D-R-E-R-I-S.com. And you have links on my website. If you want yeah, to and we'll us. have it, guys. Oh, definitely join my free Face It Facebook group. That is the place that is chock full of information for free. <laughs> um, I go live every Monday at 10 a.m. Um, Pacific. You can listen to it live or afterwards. And I give, I do Mindset Monday. I give all sorts of tips, tools, and strategies for you to work on yourself, different topics on different things, anxiety, relationships, body image, depression, mental health stuff. And we do free workshops, um, all sorts of things. So I would definitely join that. And that's Face It with Dr. Eris on Facebook. I will be there. I'll yeah. join that. So yeah, uh, so yeah. Um, guys, join that for sure. Um, thank you again for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Um, Friends, you can also follow us on social media. We are at Kinda Dating across the board. Um, please follow us, especially on Instagram. Um, we are, uh, I'm also there. I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. As always, thank you so much for downloading this episode. If you could please take a few seconds and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we'd be very, very grateful. Also send us your dating stories and thoughts to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Our producer is Adam Pineless, and our intern is Karina Uribe. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yenick and Kay Daniel Ellis.